Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. Story of John Jacob Astor, the first. Fur trader, tea importer, shipping magnate, financier, and landlord. The German peasant boy who became the richest man in the New World was born in 1763. When he was 16, John Jacob Astor, later changed to Astor, left the village of Waldorf, Germany, to seek his fortune in America. He spent four years as a laborer in London to earn the necessary passage money, $75. He sailed in 1783 and months later reached New York City, high in confidence and ambitious spirit, but without funds. Here he entered the fur trade. We find him now seated in the parlor of a neighbor, the widow Todd, talking with the widow's buxom daughter, Sarah. So you're going away, Jacob, clear to Montreal. Yeah, in the morning. You sound glad to be going. Won't you miss us? I'll miss you, Sarah, but but this is my great opportunity. But they say that there are lots of pretty French girls in Montreal. Ah, Frenchies. What do I care about them? I can't even talk their language. Sometimes you don't have to talk. Nine, it's first I'm thinking about. Sarah, I have something to tell you. When I come back, I will go into business for myself, maybe. What do you think of that? That's what you should do, Jacob. But I need help, Sarah. A man like me has got to have a home, a wife. Then, then why don't you take one? I have so little money. Money isn't everything, John Jacob. Mm, it's important. And I mean to have plenty. To be rich. <laughs> you aim high. Well, a hunter must aim high if the target is far. What? There is money in furs. There's big money. It'll be long, hard work, won't it? Mm, I don't mind hard work. Oh, but enough of that. I came here to ask you something, sir. Yes. Yeah. Sir, I... I love you. Oh, there, it's dead. Jacob. Will, will you take a chance on marrying poor John Jacob Astor? Oh, Jacob, I... I love you, too. And I'll marry you whenever you say. We'll work together. And I'll show you that I can work as hard as you. And, Jacob, I have some money saved up. It's yours for the business. Sarah, my darling, you will not be sorry because someday I will make you the richest woman in New York. Montreal journey was the first great test of the young trader. By river sloop, he journeyed to Albany, then afoot and by canoe through dangerous Indian country. Voilà, monsieur. You see, uh, I'll let you have the best of the lot. Regardez donc these beaver skins, these, uh, what you say, the fox. Now they are all yours. Well, I've worked for them. You drive hard bargains, my friend. <laughs> but you have the fur. Oh, oui, monsieur. <laughs> what is it they call you? Oh, le seigneur of the lac et des forêts. Oh, the lord of the lakes and the forest. Oui, monsieur, c'est vrai. Why are those Indians pointing at me? Eh? Oh, you have the good luck, monsieur. Huh? If you are not afraid. Afraid of what? 
they are saying that you look big and strong. Mm. You see that big Indian? Huh? He wants you to wrestle with him. Wrestle? We? Me? Oh, no. I do not want any trouble. No, no, no. you take my advice, monsieur. Accept the challenge, because if you win, you will be safe on the trails. And what is more better, they will be glad to trade with you. It will help your business, eh? Business? <laughs> oui, monsieur. Then you tell him I accept. Oui. <laughs> Uh, from the sailors, I learned a few tricks. Yeah. Are you ready? Uh, Is that enough? Huh? Are they laughing at me? Oh, no, 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 monsieur. They laugh at the one you have thrown. Wait, monsieur. Now the chief, he wished to make friends with you. Huh? You are in luck. Oh, white man, great warrior. Grant him seat by council fire, oh, brother of the Hodenosaunee. He, our white brother, wise trader. We give him much help. Thus, by his nerve and muscle, young Astor opened the way for years of profitable trading. Sarah Astor proved a worthy helpmate for her ambitious and dominable husband. She displayed rare skill and sagacity in judging furs, driving shrewd bargains. At her suggestion, he entered the shipping trade, and within a brief span of years, Astor had a million dollars afloat. During the embargo of 1807, which forbade American ships to clear for foreign ports, a trade reprisal against Britain and France, Astor made one of his famous coups, Do you mean to say that your ship is actually clearing port tonight, Jacob? You see for yourself. The beaver sails at once. Yeah, but uh, the embargo. How did you get around that? All the other ships are held up. Yeah, a great Chinese diplomat. A mandarin is to go aboard, Herman. What? A, a mandarin? Here in America? Yeah. He is a great man and must reach China as soon as possible. Here he comes now. Oh, by golly, look at him. Look at that embroidered robe. What are those peacocks at us? Ah, indeed. Come on. i let you in on a secret. Yeah? yeah? I myself obtained special permission from our government for this mandarin's departure on my ship. What? Yeah. And my ship, when it returns from China, will be laden with many choice importations. Huh? <laughs> but this mandarin was not always a mandarin. Jacob, where did this mandarin come from? Originally. Originally? Yeah. The Mandarin came from Boston. From Boston? Uh, a coolie. I pay him a dollar a day. <laughs> <laughs> I take off my hat to you, Jacob. You will make a fortune on this voyage. You're the cleverest Yankee of them all. <laughs> the German peasant boy who had become a leading citizen of New York pointed out to visitors as the rich Mr. Astor. Yet presently, his mind was filled with a new and amazing vision. He went one day to call upon Thomas Jefferson, President of the United States. Mr. President, 
The expedition of Mr. Lewis and Mr. Clark has set me thinking about the Northwest mm-hmm. country. I confess it set me thinking too, Mr. Astor. There are great riches in that country, which would belong to the United States and not to England. Mm-hmm. I share your opinion. In fact, our government is deeply interested in developing that vast wilderness. You see, Mr. President, I know our forests. I myself have been a forest runner. And now my agents and trappers are as far as the Grand Portage. But I would reach farther. I would establish one of my posts at the mouth of the Columbia River. You have broad vision, sir. Faith in the future of our country. My project needs daring, courage, strength. And above all, it calls for money. (laughs) And you, Mr. Astor, possess all these, I hear. But there must be others to help. Partners to share the responsibility. I... I shall need the support of the government. You shall have its support. If you carry out this plan, I am not afraid to risk my fortune. I send a vessel around the Horn at my own expense. Also an expedition overland through the lakes and across the mountains. It is a daring plan, a noble and patriotic enterprise, Mr. Astor. But I have the greatest confidence that you can carry it through. And in your honor, we shall name the settlement Astoria. Astor was doomed to one of his rare defeats. Calamity overtook the vessel Tonquin, which sailed around the Horn and up to the Pacific coast. In northern waters, Indians slaughtered the entire crew and the ship was destroyed. The overland party, after untold hardships, succeeded at last in constructing a fort at the mouth of the Columbia River, only to have it taken and occupied by the Canadians during the War of 1812. The venture cost $800,000, but he neither complained nor became discouraged. His North American Fur Company now dominated the Trans-Mississippi Territory. Such was the development of the first American trust, Astor's Monopoly in Furs. Meanwhile, he had a sharp eye to investment opportunities nearer at hand. There you are. My signature, Mr. Astor. Good. The property is yours, and you've got your money's worth. Hmm, more than that, I'll wager. I think I've got the better of you this time, Mr. Astor. So? <laughs> Wall Street property's rising in value. Why? In a few years, that house and lot will be worth half again as much. True. Well, then why did you sell? I'd understood your practice was to buy. With this $8,000 you have just paid me, I'll buy 80 lots uptown beyond Canal Street. Huh? By the time your lot is worth $12,000, my 80 lots will be worth $80,000. Oh, impossible. <laughs> you are not the first who has laughed at me. A few years ago, my friend, I paid $300 a lot for the Bayard Hayfield on Broad Street. Yesterday, I was offered three times that price for one of my lots. They say you buy farms several miles up the island. Why? It is no secret. Have you ever watched the ships come into our harbor here, or do they carry? Have you noticed that? Why, goods, of course, and people. Yeah, there you have it. People, and people must have lands, homes. 25,000 people in New York when I arrived. Now there are nearly 50,000. Someday it will be 100, 200, 300,000. Who knows where it will stop? Perhaps you're right, Mr. Astor. I have won two millions, maybe, in ships and cargoes. But I have the making of many times that amount right here on this little island of Manhattan. Yes, my friend, this community is destined to grow, and I intend to grow with it. Fortunes beyond our imagining will be made here. Factories, industries, the greatest city in the world, a gateway to America. 
John Jacob Astor had the Midas touch. He became increasingly shrewd in his business dealings. Twenty and some said thirty millions of dollars passed to William B. Astor, the son of John Jacob, who died in 1848. Yet there were charities, too. Among them, the Astor Library and the $50,000 poor fund of the German village of Waldorf. John Jacob Astor headed the long procession of self-made American millionaires. Captain of Industry. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.